So the Rebbe carries over the theme directly into Shmois. And it's not just that the Rebbe is carrying through one, um, one Chumash to another, but really um, it's also logical because of how the Rebbe learns Vayichi. In the sense of Vayichi being the message to take us through. Right? The Koyach to go through Golos, the Rebbe says, is, the Rebbe starts off Parshas Vayichi also on a different note than many of the Sichas. In the very first ois of the Sicha, Shmois. The Rebbe starts off Shmois differently. In the very first ois, the Rebbe is already presenting uh, a sort of a, a pilpul of sorts. So the Rebbe begins essentially with contrasting two Midrashim and establishing a question. So the Rebbe starts off like this. The Medrash, Medrash both Medrash Rabbas, one Medrash Rabba says that the reason why the names of the Shvatim are repeated here in Chumash Mois, even though they were said earlier, is Al Shem Geulas Yisrael Nizkiru Khan. They're being mentioned here on account of the Geula of B'nai Yisrael. There's another Medrash that says that the significance of the names being mentioned in the beginning of Shemais is to teach us in what merit did the Bnei Yisrael come out of Golos Mitzrayim? Did they were able to navigate and come out, go through Golos Mitzrayim? Shaloishinu es Shimam. Reuven and Shimon descended into Mitzrayim. Reuven and Shimon ascended from Mitzrayim. Not the physical people, but the identity did not get lost. So the Rebbe says, when you look at these two medrashim, the second medrash is tolerable, the second medrash is acceptable, because it's giving us, a med- it's giving us an insight into getting through the golos. In other words, the dominant feature of Shmois is golos. And the message therefore is, how do you get through golos? So that ex- that's acceptable, that makes sense to be said over here. Mashenk in the first medrash that says, that the names are being mentioned on account of the geula, that means that the focus is absolutely about Geula. As if we're being oblivious to Golos, that's very hard to understand. Because the entire Shmois is Golos, even the next parsha, Va'eda is Golos, until Boi, we don't have any Geula. Boi and the Mishalach, we have the Geula. So how is it, why is it that the Medrash would tell us and um, uh, say that at this juncture, where it seems to be all Golos, and essentially all darkness, that it's really a story of Geula. The Medrash seems to be saying the, the exact opposite or the furthest thing from what the moment really represents. That is the, uh, the question that the Rebbe, the question of the Sicha. Now, the Rebbe adds to this question as follows. Number one, the Medrash that says about the names goes through the various names of the Shvatim and tells us the connection that each one has to the Geula. The Rebbe zooms in to the name of Yosef for obvious reasons. And the Rebbe says that, for, for example, the Medrash tells that Yosef has to do with Yosef, uh, Yosef Hashem Shein is Yodoy. Yosef is on that day, the Pesach says on that day, Hashem is going to add, in other words, he's going to bring about the redemption, the Geula Asida, which means that the name Yosef is brought in the beginning of Shmois in reference not even to Geulas Mitzrayim, but to Geulas Mashiach. 
So how, how is that to be understood? Even if we could get to terms that the Geula of Mitzrayim may be somehow connected over here, which is hard to understand, but certain, certainly not Geula Shlema, which the Medrash is saying is applicable and is being alluded to by Yosef's name. And then obviously in the Rebbe's classic approach, what does this, how does this connect to us now? Everything has to be drawn down and brought down into us now. So the Rebbe, therefore, we have three questions that are really sort of three parts of one question. Understanding the Medrash Bechlal, Understanding the specifics of the Yosef and connecting to the Geula Sida and how it has to do with us. So the Rebbe gives a prem, the Rebbe starts off by giving a base, basically the answer, and then the Rebbe unravels and unpacks the answer. The answer is that we are being given a perspective that we need to we need to realize and internalize by this medrash, which is different than what we are physically seeing. What we're physically seeing when, when the Eden go down to Mitzrayim is a state of exile, is a state of darkness. What we're being told to see is the beginning of the Geula. That means there's really no such a thing as goats. It's just the, the question of the process of Geula unfolding. So instead of saying that there's goats and Geula, there's Geula, there's stages of Geula. And that's really... The, the perspective that the Rebbe is saying, we are, the Medrash is teaching us, and now we begin to unpack this story, and we introduce a, the Mishnah. The Mishnah, the last Mishnah of the first paragraph of Brachis, which is famously brought in the Haggadah Shal Pesach. By the way, uh, there's a clear insight. Um, I made mention last time when we learned Vayigash, that the Rebbe brings Purim in Vayigash, kind of as the notion that right when we finish Hanukkah, we're right away focused on the next Yom Tif. But the truth is, there's something else here, perhaps that's even deeper. As we all know, that the Eibishter, the Rebbe and the Eibishter decided that when it comes to Purim, Tavshinu Beis, that we're not going to have a Sikha from the Rebbe. And when it comes to Pesach of Tavshinu Beis, we're not going to have a Sikha from the Rebbe. And when it comes to Shuas of Tavshinu Beis, we're not going to have a Sikha from the Rebbe. The Rebbe preempted all of these things. Vayigash, the Rebbe gives us a Purim message. In Shemois, the Rebbe gives us a Pesach message. And as we're going to go through the rest of the other Sichas, we're going to see a lot of Shvuah slash Matan Torah reference. The Rebbe is foreseeing what is going to be happening. The reason, obviously, we don't know. But what's clear is that the Rebbe is addressing these absences that are going to unfold. Everyone understood what I just said? Now, uh, register that because that's a... That's a, that's a, that's a Earth-shattering insight, if you could make, the, if you could have it. So let's go to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, the famous Mishnah says, right? The Machlekes here between Benzema and Benzema, and on one hand Benzema, Rabbi Elazar and Azaria, and the Chachamim. So Rabbi Elazar and Azaria, by way of the Drasha Benzema, says. That you mention Mitzrayim is mentioned not only by day but also by night, and he derives it from the fact that the pasuk says, "Kol yemei chayecha, yemei chayecha ayomim, kol yemei chayecha lohavi alevus." Chachamim say, "Yemei chayecha elom hazeh," which includes day and night. Kol yemei chayecha lohavi elom hazeh. That's the Mishnah. So the Rebbe, um, yeah. So the Rebbe looks at this Mishnah and the Rebbe says we have three areas of question, three areas of observation that are going to help us in the process of understanding the original point of the Sikha. So three things. Number one, which is a classic direct, the classic way that the Rebbe speaks, especially in the Rashi Sikhas. 
There's always a connection between the din and the one who says it. The Baal membre, the Baal HaMaimer, and the Maimer have to be intrinsically connected. That's number one. What is the connection between the Maimer? And Number two, the connection between what he taught and when he taught it. Since we know that the teaching of Rabbi Lezabin Azariah happened on a very auspicious day, in the, on the day when he became designated, became appointed to be the Nasi, so therefore there must be a connection between this teaching and him becoming Nasi. In other words, there's a Nasi teaching happening over here. Number three, we also know that there was a mir- miraculous thing. He says, We all famously know that he says, I am like 70 because he was not like he was not 70, he was actually 18. And the Rebbe brings in the Horus that there's different opinions that he, even, he might have even been, I believe, 13 at the time. In other words, he was certainly not 70, but he's like 70. It was a miracle that was made in terms of his beard, in terms of the strands of his beard, and the appearance of him being 70. So there has to be a connection between what he's saying and the number 70. Those are the three observations that the Rebbe makes. Clear? Uh, respond? Yeah. If you're not, they also let's clarify. Okay. So the Rebbe then says, when we look at this Mishnah, every Mishnah obviously speaks on the level of the practical and the level of the esoteric, the level of Gashmis and the level of Rufus. The Mishnah in the Rufus level we're talking about is the concept of remembering Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Whenever we say remembering Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, when we speak about Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, we're talking about a process that Hasidus is, is uh, overloaded with, Hasidus is constantly emphasizing, which is called the relieving, removing yourself, exiting your own limitations, which is called the Yitzhiya Mimitzaram Ugvulim, which Bechlal is the avoid of every single person, to leave his own confines, to lean his own, to leave his own restrictions, that we put on ourselves or that we think we have on ourselves and so on. So the idea is like this. When is there, when does that phenomenon exist? When can a person achieve Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim? So first of all, certainly a person can achieve Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim B'yoyim. That's, that's without a doubt. And what does B'yoyim represent? B'yoyim represents when the sun is shining. Sun is shining means when Elikus is felt, when Elikus is recognized, and when there's a sense of, we'll call it in English, a sense of clarity. But the, the continuation of the Mishnah, Rabbi Lezben Azariah is telling us, that there's also Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, even in the time of Choyshech. Choyshech obviously is darkness, but Choyshech darkness means, A, a time of Golos. And a time of Golos means there's a sense of confusion. A sense of confusion, a sense of the, the, the opposite of clarity. A lekus is not revealed. A person does not have a sense of Eibishter and a sense of Hashem's constant um, reviving and, uh, and, 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 and giving chayas to the, to the person and to the world. Even in that state of Golos, even in that state of absence and darkness, the Lezman Azariah is telling us, there's still Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. There's still an avoid of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim to be achieved. Come along the Chachamim and say that even, not only in the state of Yom and Layla, but even in a time it's called Yemesa Mashiach. Right? And now the problem is, why in the world would Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim apply in, in Yemesa Mashiach? Yemesa Mashiach is a complete redemption, the famous expression of Geula Shleim. Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is a partial redemption. 
why would we bother making reference to the partial redemption in the time when there's a complete redemption? It's like holding a candle in daylight, essentially. So the Rebbe says two factors. Factor number one is that Mitzis Mitzrayim is not only a partial redemption. Mitzis Mitzrayim is the beginning point. It's called, essentially, it's called the Pesichas Hapsinur, if you will. The, the possibility of Geula came into, this, came into being and came into the world with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which therefore means that the Shleimus of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the Geula. Not that it's a partial one versus a complete one, but that the Geula Shleimah is an extension of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It's the completion of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So in mentioning Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, what you're really doing is kind of recognizing the origin of the Geula Shleimah. That's number one. Number two, is that even if you want to take the perspective that Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is partial, there's an advantage of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim over the Gula Shleima, and that advantage, advantage in Hasidus is called the advantage of Iskafya over Ishapcha. Everyone knows Ishapcha and Iskafya are two Avedas that we, that we have to do with Klipa, and we know that Ishapcha is a loftier Aveda, Iskafya is a lower Aveda, but there's an advantage that Iskafya has. What's the, Aveda, what's the advantage that Iskafya has? The advantage that Iskafya has is, is that when a person has to do Iskafya, that means that he is weaker than the Klippa. The Klippa is stronger than him. And despite the fact that the Klippa is stronger than him at this state, he's able to maintain his footing. And he's able to maintain his position and not give in to the Klippa. When a person is able to do his, his Hapcha, the reason why he can do his Hapcha is because he's in a position where he can basically toy with the Klippa. So the ability to transform the klipa is great, but it doesn't show on the person's internal strength necessarily. When you're facing something that's stronger than you, and you don't succumb to the thing that's stronger than you, there's a greater, there's a greater signal of strength and, um, and, uh, and MS in a certain sense. So that's the, that's the other element to why it is worthwhile. Now, we're mentioning Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, However, in the time of the Gula, even according to the Chachamim, is indeed not going to be as a primary mention. It's not going to be like we're going to place Yitzhiz Mitzrayim uh, as a Iker over Gula Shlema. It's going to be mentioned. But of course, it's going to be mentioned as a Tofel. So even after what we're saying and the advantages and the reasons, we also have to realize the perspective Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is going to be in the realm of being secondary to, um, to Gula Shlema. For the purpose of, again, remembering the idea of being able to uh, bring Elikus into the state of being weak. That's the message, essentially. So if you want to say the message of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim in Yitzhiz Mashiach is remembering this quality of being strong in weakness, if you want to say like that. If you could, if you could process that. Now... Um, the next thing is, the Rebbe says that when we look at the Chachamim, the Chachamim have this interesting uh, perspective, the inter- interesting language. The language that Chachamim uses is, The standard language that we would expect, that we have, when it comes to making a drasha, is that we're saying the drasha, the extra word, is l'rabois. That's the standard language. Why does the why do Chachamim deviate from the standard language and say the word lahavi? So the Rebbe says basically uh, two things over here. Um, 
Lahavi is the idea that a person has to be in a mindset where they're doing their avoida in Golos to bring about the Geula. To bring about the Geula means that you're doing something, you're, you're, you're connecting the Golos to the Geula, which is the original point that we made. Not only are you connecting it in a kind of seamless way where the Golos kind of flows into the Geula, but also that you're bringing the Golos, I'm sorry, you're bringing the Geula into the state of Golos. In other words, it's two parts of the same thing. One is that you can have a, some, you know, someone like someone does a job and they are getting paid, right? So they do their job, nine to five, and then they get paid. Between the money that they get and the work that they're doing, there's no connection. Essentially, they're just doing their work so that they can get a paycheck and do what they want to do. There's no sense of, a, there's no sense of, achieve, of fulfillment necessarily in it or connection between the schar and the avoidum. So that's the first point, that there has to be a connection, that they, they are not separate things. The second thing is, is that not only is they not separate things, but in the avoid of Golos, you already are exhibiting and you're already experiencing the Ula. That's the two points that the Rebbe emphasizes about that. Now, let's talk about a Nasi. We're talking about a Nasi, and in talking about a Nasi, we're going to answer our three questions that we had on the Mishnah. We're going to start with answering question number two. That actually goes in an order of two, three, one. Why? I don't know. The question number two was the connection between the, 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 the teaching and when it was taught. So the Rebbe says, you have to realize something. Rabbi Lezim and Azariah, until that point, was not a Nasi. And he was designated, appointed to be a Nasi. His Avoida, therefore, changes to something completely different than what it was the day before. The avoid of a nasi is so unique. The avoid of a nasi is, first of all, the nasi is the leader of the generation, but more importantly, the nasi is the one who connects to each member, to each person in the generation. And the nasi connect is not just connecting that the nasi is connecting to the people, but the nasi is connecting the people of the generation to the idea of Gula. That the people of the generation can live a state of Gula even in their existence, even in their matzav of goals. So therefore, the teaching is said on that day, because what was the teaching? That Yitzhiz Mitzrayim is said is, is able to be done even by even in Golos. That's what a Nasi is. A Nasi's function is essentially that idea, to be able to bring the people to Yitzhiz Mitzrayim in Golos. To show them how despite the reality of Golos, there's a deeper reality that they're able to access. So that answers question number two, why it was said when it was said. We're going now to the question, why it's the, the 70 years. The 70 years story is, we all know that the, the refinement of a certain characteristic, <coughs> the refinement of anything is in the number 10. The number 10 means that it goes through its complete cycle. Just like you have 10 sviras, but each svira, the completion of each svira is how it is included from the other 10, the other 10 spheres. So for example, Svira Sa'imer, okay? Svira Sa'imer, we have the Midas. This is the exact process. So in the Midas, okay, the Midas are made up of all the other Midas, and so on. The number 70, therefore, is the completion of the refinement process 
that each of the seven Midas go through. Not only is it completion, it's more than completion, because remember, uh, seven times seven is how much? Huh? 49, but it's not 49 we're dealing with here, we're talking about 10 times seven. Or seven times 10. If it's 10 times 10 over here, because it's not just the refinement of the Sayyidina, then Chagav is only the Midas Shebamidas. Over here, the, the beard that we're talking about is not only the Midas Shebamidas, it's even the Mayfun Shebamidas. Just so you realize why we're at the number 10. So the number 70 is a symbol, is a signal of achieving the shlemus of the beer of one's midas. And it's only when you achieve that sense of, we'll call it again, that sense of clarity. In that sense of clarity of seeing and feeling a likus for, for what a likus, for the endless of a likus, that's when you're capable of having the experience of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, even Balelos. In other words, the number 70 and the refinement of a person's midas in their complete state brings a person to be able to have the view of Mashiach, the view of being able to see things in their true state. So being that Rebbe Lezim ben was not 70, but he's saying that in a certain sense of Avoida, he achieved that status, even though he didn't, wasn't biologically 70. And that's why he's saying what he's saying. That's why he's able to present this insight of Balelois, of, uh, of Finally, the connection between the Mishnah and the Baal HaMaimer. The Baal HaMaimer means the name. The name of the Baal HaMaimer is Abelezer, Elazar, Elazar, Elazar ben Azar. The Rebbe Amate, the Rebbe goes, there's some details over there that are a little like complicated, but the Chlolos will take out the Indian. The idea of Rabbi Lozab and Azariah is essentially a double element of, of, uh, of Azorah, a double element of Azer, a double element of assistance. Elazar is Kael Azer, Azariah is Azer Ka. This is the other, the, the other ingredient that's necessary. What, what we, the impression that we gave off from the 70 number is almost like the person could self-achieve this state. The truth is that a person is never able to achieve it on his own. You need to have a specific azara, a specific siyua, if you will, from the and only that siyua can bring you to that hakar. So therefore, the other, the final thing, which is the first question is, that Rabbi Lezim and Azariah's ability to be able to teach this, and be able to practice this, and be able to guide the dirt in this way is a result of his unique um, assistance, if you will, that, uh, that is. Now, you see this in an interesting way in the story of Rebbe Lezben Azariah. Famously, as the Gemara described, when Rebbe Lezben Azariah became Nasi, he changed some rules. The rules that he changed, different than the previous Nasi, who eventually then became a sheared Nasi, uh, Dul Nasi was that Rabbi Gamliel had a rule that you're, the people, you're, he only allowed, he only admitted Bachrim or Talmidim into the yeshiva who were Toichoi Kibar. That means that their insides and outsides match. They weren't Echod Bepev, Echod Belayim. From the Kotzke Rebbe, he says, um, how did Rabbi Gamliel achieve this? He put a guard by the door. And the guard by the door only allowed the people in who were Toyfei Kabbalah. They asked a simple question, how did the guard know who was Toyfei Kabbalah? So the Kutzker Rebbe says that the guard actually, that's the guard, the guard actually did not let anybody into the base medish. Nobody was allowed. 
if the person, if the if the person, if the Talmud felt so, so, um, so um, hurt, so to speak, that he was not being allowed and bothered him so much that he went in from the uh, he went in from the sky, the the, the window, from the or he went in, he went in from some kind of loch and he found his way into the base medrash in an unconventional way. Ah. Then you knew that he was the guy. He was supposed to be there. This was his bar. It's not pshat. Now, the story was that Rebbe Lezben Azari became Rebbe and became Nasi. He changed the rules. He says every walker, every Talmud, without, without requirement, without criteria, no, it doesn't matter. Anybody who even just says he wants to come in, he's allowed to come in. And I believe what was the number of benches that they added that day? 400 benches. Uh, they added... They had a tremendous amount of sitting space for, for, for that. The Rebbe says that even after Rebbe Gamaliel was reinstated as Nasi, and the Gemara says that they shared one Shabbos, one Shabbos, Rebbe Gamaliel agreed, was maskim to this, to this approach by the Lezim and Azariah. Again, indicating what? That Rebbe Lezim and Azariah's teaching and Rebbe Lezim and Azariah's a method was something that was assisted, that the Eidrish was kind of giving him the siyat of the Shmaya and the siyua to be able to carry it through, where eventually he was even accepted by Rabbi Gamliel. The Rebbe, in other words, says that Rabbi Gamliel, he had his rule based on the fact that Rabbi Gamliel was looking at things from a Mashiach perspective. But Rabbi Lezben Azariah was looking at it even deeper than in quote-unquote Mashiach perspective. He was looking where he wanted to bring Mashiach into the ghost. Rabbi Gamliel wanted everyone to be in Mashiach. He wanted everyone to conform to a Mashiach reality. While Rabbi Lezben Azariah was saying, no, we're going to bring Mashiach into the goat. So that, that, that translated, reflected itself by who they allowed and who, they were, who, who was able to come into the Now was Vaita. Now, the Rebbe says that the truth is that this idea of bringing Golos, bringing Gula into Golos, is not just mentioned, it's not just referenced in this Mishnah with all of its details, but the truth is that this is a subject that actually launches the beginning of Mishnayis. It actually launches the beginning of Brachis. It's, in other words, it's, built, it's so fundamental that the entire Shah starts with it, and also the entire Shah ends with it. The entire Shah starts with it, because everyone knows how Brachis begins. And just that line itself means what? If we know now what what's Kodim Shema mean? Kodim Shema means one of the elements of Shema, even though it's not, the Shema has, has a few factors. Shema has to do with Achos Hashem, Shema has to do with Avos Hashem, but Shema also has to do with Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. So Meimosei Kodim Shema Ba'arvin, already the Torah, the, the Kodim Shema Ba'arvin started over this message that there's this idea, there's this Koyach, there's this capability of Kodim, reading, proclaiming, identifying, Bringing it sees Messiah into Arabi, into the state of darkness and ghost. But also at the end of the Shams, where we have the famous thing that we say every day, which again is the same theme. Why is that the same theme? Because it's telling us is when, today, in Golos, in this reality, in other words, your Mashiach as well. The idea that we're connecting the two things, not that they're two separate things, but that one is being experienced even before the other one happens already. Over here's a little bit of a different part. Okay. Um, 
The, that was in the shots. The Mishnah and the last Mishnah of of of, 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 of ends up with the pasuk of Hashem Oiz Yitain, Hashem Yiborach Zalim which again is the same theme that the Eibushter gives us strength in when. Whether we need strength, we need strength in the time of goals and um, these. These, these, these assistances that the Abishta gives us are, are geared for us to, to, to arrive and to experience a state of Sholem. Sholem is of the union of Shlemos and Sholem is the union of Gaul as well. According to this, we will understand the first Medrash that we started off with, which is really that I was just reiterating what he said at the end of Isal. We can now realize better, deeper, that when the Medrash says, Al Shein, Geulas, Yisrael, Niskru Khan, the Niskru Khan is because the Medrash is telling us again that message. There is no true reality to goals. The true reality is only which stage of the Geula we're in. So even at the darkest moment, when they're entering Ersh into the pits of Mitzrayim, that moment itself is Gula. That moment itself is Gula because there is no goals. Goals is, it's enough, uh, goals is a, in a kind of, you could say, goals is a figment or it's a fiction. Goals doesn't exist with Sadatsmi. The Rebbe then connects it to the Arab Shabbos, the Rambam's yard site, and the Rambam's life. The Rambam exemplified this reality in his own life. The Rambam lived the vast numbers of his life in Mitzrayim itself, pun intended, in Mitzrayim. And while being in Mitzrayim, he, um, well, this is depending where the, the different parts of this happen, he compiles the Mishnah Torah, he compiles the Yad Chazaka. Which again, the Abbas Hazaka, the Mishnah Torah, is the one unique sefer that incorporates all of the halachas of Torah, including the halachas of Melech HaMashiach. In other words, the Rambam was not bound by the environment of darkness, and he literally rose above it to produce this, this work, to produce this light if you will, by way of the Sefer and by way of actually teaching us about the details and specifics of Mashiach while being in a physical matzav of those. Again, showing a personal example of this reality that we're talking about. The truth of the matter is the Rebbe, you can hear now in the Rebbe's words how the Rebbe is actually speaking about himself. Because the Rebbe speaks about the other thing that the Rambam did, how the Rambam also tended to the needs and the questions and the difficulties and the struggles that the people of his generation had, as we famously have in all the years of the Rambam, and all the comfort that the Rambam gave, and all the response that the Rambam gave, and all of the directions that the Rambam gave, and in that also, not just in terms of him writing Sifrei Halacha, but even on the personal level of how he addressed his fellow, his, his fellow Yidin, you see also that, that idea, and obviously, who has, who, who, me Godel, me Lano Godel from the Rebbe, and the Rebbe Zigris Kedosh. Um, good. This is up to the last, uh, to, to the Hayrav. So we're, we're going we're gonna to do it before we, so the Rebbe not concludes. The Rebbe basically makes a Kabbalah. 
The Rebbe concludes by making a Kalm Chaymer in terms of um, what we need to do. If upon entry into Mitzrayim where it's all darkness, and it's all dread, and it's all gloom. We're being told, Al Shein Gula Sisron that this is not a matzah of goals, but it's truly a matzah that starts the Gula. How much more so after all the David of all the generations, after the Rambam, and after the Alter Rebbe, and after the Friedrich Rebbe tells us that we only need to do is polish the buttons, and after the fact that even the polishing of the buttons is already complete, so certainly, certainly we have the capacity and we have the necessity to be able to do that that they were told to do when they entered into Golos. For us, we're at the completion state. Surely we could see how there is no Golos. Surely we could see how this is an absolute state of Geula. And to bring ourselves into the reality of Geula. And the Rebbe says to bring others into the reality of Geula. Therefore, the Rebbe says, and this is where the Rebbe really points out this amazing line of because of this fact and this place that we're in, unlike previous generations, we don't have to experience any kind of breakage, any kind of interference, any kind of stoppage from the state of Golos to the state of Gola. We could literally go straight into the two, and that's going to re- reflect itself by the fact that we're going to experience Chaim Nitzchim. In other words, we're literally going to be the generation that just lives on in eternity without experiencing what previous generations had to do with a pause and then a return. We're not going to have that. Because of our Zman, because of our Avayda, because of the completion, and because of that realization that we have about Geula being here, so we're going to actually express that by never passing, by never dying, says the Rebbe. Finally, the Rebbe connects it to the practical, as we all know, the practical is the practical. The Avayda of today to recognize that, again, like we said, practical thing number one, Recognizing the reality for what it truly is and not for what it appears to be. The reality of the presence of Gi'ula. And the Rebbe says that a way to facilitate that is actually through the study of the Rambam itself. Studying of the Rambam, the Rebbe says, specifically the last two parakim of the Rambam, and also by becoming part and including yourself in the yearly cycle of learning Rambam. Again, the Rebbe is connecting the learning of the Rambam to the Rambam's own life and to the Rambam's own sort of Rambam's koyach that the Rambam lived with and bringing other people into this experience as well. Um, the Rebbe then concludes with a message again about himself, like we said last week, being that we already have the individual who is Bethesda's Mashiach, so therefore, the only thing that needs to happen is that that person who's Bechesk's Mashiach needs to become established and become realized as being Mashiach Vadai and whisk us all off to the place that we all need to be. Chaim, Chaim.